You have probably heard how important it is to have a daily routine. Studies show that those who have a daily routine are more successful and healthy. When I ask those that have chronic symptoms why they don't have a daily routine for their healing, I get two answers. Number one, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And number two, I can't stay consistent. In today's episode, I will answer both of these so that you can start implementing this crucial piece to your healing. Are you ready to stop the overwhelm and frustration and instead simplify your healing? I'm Jenny Peterson, a chronic illness coach who helps those with chronic illness and pain get back their life and health without diet, detox, or pills. If you're serious about getting back your life and health, it's time to put focus on the one area that will help you get there, your own mind. Join me each episode for candid conversations about simplifying your healing, success stories of those that I have worked with, and the how-tos of healing by using principles of German New Medicine. This episode is sponsored by the Why Can't I Heal Masterclass, a class that answers that big question on so many of your minds. This is a free one-hour class that will give you the exact reasons why you are not healing. You can access this class immediately by going to themindbodyrewire.com slash masterclass. I will also include the link in the show notes. A typical day for me when I had chronic illness was waking up after maybe a few hours of sleep, which was a good day. And then the first thing running through my mind was, I wonder how I'm going to feel today, followed by some body checking to see what was wrong in my body today. I then would make my way out of bed, getting just enough energy to make myself and son breakfast. And after breakfast, maybe I would take a shower if I felt good enough, but most of the times I didn't, and then make my way back to the couch. Using my trusty phone, I would start searching for answers to heal me, open up Facebook, and go to the groups where other people like me were hanging out, finding myself getting more and more hopeless from the things I was reading. I would find the energy to maybe go outside and sit on the porch and get some sun or do a load of laundry or maybe take a nap. I also mustered up all of my courage every day to go to the chicken coop and see my chickens, hoping that I wasn't going to die from the house to the coop. And by this time, it was late in the afternoon and my husband would come home from work. I would complain to him about my symptoms and my lack of hope, then attempt to make dinner. After dinner, I would take a bath and go to bed, crossing my fingers that I would fall asleep and not have panic attacks during the night. Now, does this sound familiar? If not, it's understandable. Everyone on this journey has different days. But what is important to understand is that that daily routine that I had didn't get my health back. I had to change it in order to heal. Because nothing about that daily routine was helping me. In fact, it was hindering me. It wasn't until I shifted my daily habits that things really started to shift for me and my health. Back before I got sick, I was taking business classes and they always talked about how successful business owners had morning routines. Granted, when I was sick, I wasn't trying to run a business, but I used the same principles of success for business for my healing. Because I'll be honest with you, whether it's healing or business, the path to success is the same. It's all within you and your mind. You have to be a different person than you are right now if you want to heal. So I started out slowly with changing my daily routine. 
Because one of the biggest reasons why people don't do big changes like this in their life is because they are trying to go too big, too fast. They want to do it all so that they can hurry up and get done and get better by tomorrow. They go from nothing to everything the next day. And that simply doesn't work for the brain. Very similar to a person saying they're going to start working out and they have never worked out before. And then all of a sudden the next day they go and try to go work out at the gym for two hours. It's going to be a fail every time. It's because they tried to take on too much at one time and their, their nervous system, their brain is not able to make a change that quickly that is that big. You have to start small. So the first thing I did was change the way I woke up. As soon as I woke up, I would listen to a podcast about mindset or personal development. I also created my own visualizations and I listened to them. I then started to incorporate movement after waking up. For me, that was putting on some dance music and dancing in my living room or doing a Qigong or yoga YouTube video. In the beginning, I was just able to do five minutes of movement. I would feel dizzy or weak if I did more. But week by week, I was able to increase that time. After adding these few things into my day, I really started to notice a difference in my mood. I was happier and I also had more energy. So since this was getting me changes, I thought, I need to do more. So I added gratitude, deep breathing, and meditation. After a few months of gradually adding these new habits and tools into my day, I had significant changes in my emotional and mental health. I was also seeing some improvements with my physical. My daily routine now consisted of meditation, deep breathing, visualization, gratitude, movement, reading, and shifting old patterns or programs and resolving conflicts. Now, this may sound like it took hours for all of this, but really it didn't. It really only took me an hour to do all of them if I did them all, you know, in a row. And I'll discuss the shifting old patterns and resolving conflicts in a bit. But before I get there, I do want to talk about those familiar things that I mentioned, the meditation, the deep breathing, the visualization, gratitude, reading, and movement. These are all very powerful individually, but together they are even more powerful for strengthening the nervous system. And I want to emphasize strengthening though. These tools and exercises can help someone whose nervous system has been stuck on move into a more calm state, which is the parasympathetic nervous system where healing takes place. But to someone who has had a lot of unresolved life experiences, aka stressful events, aka trauma, they can be stimulating sometimes. So it's important to slowly go with these, slowly add them. And on another note, these exercises are strengthening to the nervous system, but they are not going to solve the root cause to chronic illness and symptoms. Because as I've discussed in previous episodes, chronic symptoms are back to unresolved life experiences. So a part of your day needs to be addressing those two things, addressing old patterns and unresolved life experiences. Outside of meditation, deep breathing, the visualization, gratitude, reading, and movement, I was working on shifting my old patterns and resolving conflicts on a daily basis. Now you might ask, how do I do that? Well, first and foremost, 
I never recommend you address significant trauma by yourself. Events that have caused PTSD or significant stress in your life need to be done with someone that has been trained in trauma. Our old patterns and programs often cloud our ability to do that work efficiently on our own and our nervous system honestly is not capable of working on that by ourselves. So for big trauma work, I worked with coaches to work through those conflicts, doing the same type of work that I'm now doing with students of the MBR program. During the times I wasn't working with the coach on my big conflicts, I was using my awareness to identify triggers. It was from those triggers that I was able to retrain my nervous system to respond differently. Your triggers are your biggest healers. The things that trigger you are tracks connected to original conflicts that usually always go back to childhood. So your job during the day is to use your awareness muscle to notice the way your body feels and how you react to situations that trigger you. Journal them out. Get your emotions out on paper rather than holding them in and then create a plan of how you will respond in a different way the next time those triggers come up. And honestly, that is a very shortened version version of trying to deal with triggers. You know, this, this is a very big area and this is a place to start with the deep inner work, but there's definitely more to do and it's best to be doing that with someone that is trained in trauma work someone who is trained how to resolve these type of conflicts. I want to emphasize that identifying your old patterns, programs, beliefs, and even generational patterns are crucial to your healing. They are the makeup of who you are. You have to change that story to fully heal. I can't give you a short explanation of how to do that because that is very individual work. It's what takes us six months to do in the MBR program with each student. So even though I am unable to really expand on what that work would look like for you, it doesn't make it any less important. In fact, it's the most important. So let's go through this routine that I'm talking about. So I want you to grab a pen and paper to write down this routine. Now, I didn't mention this before, but I definitely want to make sure that this isn't forgotten. What this is, is water. It's so important as soon as you wake to drink a big glass of water. Not sure if this is something that you're doing, but if you're not, definitely start with that. From sleeping, your body becomes dehydrated, so you want to start your day replenishing that. Your nervous system, which is like the electrical system of your body, requires water for conductivity. So we got to make sure that you are hydrated and sleeping overnight or going several hours, you know, that eight hours, six hours, whatever it is that you're laying in bed without water is going to be putting you into that dehydration. So make sure that you replenish that as soon as you get up. Now, after the water, I would suggest that you do some type of meditation. Nothing has to, just, just a note here. What I'm listing to do for your day doesn't have to be in any particular order. These are just the things I recommend to do. So however, whatever order you do it in or you know, part of your day is completely up to you. But I do highly recommend that a daily routine, you do it all in the morning because it's going to start your day much better than if you save this all for last. Uh, because we know if we save a routine for the end of the day, uh, it's going to get pushed off. We've had a lot of stressors already you know, that happened that we have to try and now 
you know, forget about when we're doing this routine. The whole point of this routine is to start your day differently because I can guarantee if you have chronic symptoms and have been chronically ill for a long period of time, you are starting your day in a bad place. And that is the first thing that needs to shift. It's going to greatly affect the rest of your day and it's going to greatly affect how you respond to your normal stressors. So I highly recommend that you do a majority of these right away in the morning. It's how I do all of my routine as well. So after you drink that big glass of water, uh, we can add in some type of meditation. And I would say about 10 minutes of meditation would be appropriate or less. It just depends on your nervous system. Um, it depends on your attention span because it's going to take time for your brain to be accustomed and be open and feeling safe to slowing down and just sitting there and doing nothing and um, not floating away and thinking about other things. So it does take time, but approximately 10 minutes of meditation. I will put a link in the show notes to my SoundCloud page in the show notes where I have some of my meditations. All of them are not in there, but there are some of them and this will help to bring down the nervous system. I do want to make a note though. I mean, all meditation is good, but In the program for our MBR students, we have specific meditations that they work on that are specifically for their patterns. So for example, if someone is experiencing a self-devaluation conflict, which is back to anything that has to do with the, the muscles, the tissue, the bone, the lymphatics of the body. So let's say somebody has fibromyalgia. We're going to have them be doing a specific meditation for self-devaluation to help shift their patterns in their brain of how they talk about their self and think about themselves. So there's meditation, yes, that you can just go search out online, but we definitely want to get a little bit targeted if we can to really have even more effect of that meditation. At this point, obviously, if you don't have those specific meditations, starting with any type of meditation is better than nothing. So I will hook up some of those meditations of mine in the show notes, like I mentioned. All right. So the next thing you want to incorporate is some type of exercise. Now, you want to reach a point when you can at least get 20 minutes of exercise. But right now, you might only be able to get in three or five. Whatever it is that you can get in of some type of movement is the ticket. Again, when I started out, I only started out with a couple of minutes and was gradually able to bring it up to 20 minutes. Now I'm doing 40 minutes a day or more of exercise in the morning. But again, that took time for my body to be able to do that. Now, you don't want to do anything extreme. You don't want to be running. Um, you don't want to be doing any extreme high intense movement. You got to remember your nervous system is already high strung. So the more calming type of exercise we can do, the better. Some type of movement that is a slower movement that is meant to be a slower pace like yoga, like Qigong would be a great example. This in itself, just moving and getting yourself out of the bed or out of, off the couch and doing some type of movement will also help your body to start getting more energy because when you don't move your body, it starts to naturally slow down because you're not moving and it's trying to slow down because it doesn't need to metabolize things fast because you're not moving as much and burning calories. So your energy will be greatly affected by lack of movement. So this is why exercise does help to improve uh, improve uh, energy and feeling more energetic. The other thing I would recommend is writing down three things that you are grateful for and why. It's not just making a list of I'm thankful for my bed, I'm thankful for my dog, and thankful for my son. 
those, I mean, that's great that you can list that, but let's, let's add a little bit to that and, uh, and list why. Why are you grateful for those things? The why adds the feeling to it. The why puts the meaning behind it. So writing down three things you can simply do in a notebook. That's all you really have to do and make it a routine that you write it down as soon as you wake or before you go to bed, but something that you're grateful for. And this is going to teach your brain to look for good things rather than always the bad. You're, you're training your brain to look for the good rather than going to that negativity. Being grateful also naturally sends happy chemicals to your brain. The next thing we want to do is listen or go through in your mind your own visualization. Now, I'm not going to go into detail how to make your visualization in this podcast because I discussed that in episode number eight. Visualization will help to bring calm to your nervous system by showing it that the future is safe rather than scary. It's also a way of sending a message to your brain of what you desire, which naturally you will attract because of the RAS system that is in your brain. Uh, And honestly, every visualization I have had has all come true, so I know it works, um, but you just got to do it. You got to implement it on a daily basis because, again, that repetition is the mother of all rewiring. And then the next thing is five to 10 minutes of deep belly breathing. Now, breathing from your diaphragm naturally brings down the stress chemicals in your body and activates your vagus nerve and parasympathetic nervous system. Now, due to stress and fear, most likely you have been breathing through the upper chambers of your lungs, which depletes oxygen and weakens muscles in the diaphragm. So try and catch yourself um, and, and find, you know, catch yourself during the daytime and ask where am I breathing from? A majority of the time, you're probably going to be breathing from the upper part of your lungs. And how do you know that is your belly isn't going to be moving. Your chest is going to move. So we want you breathing from the diaphragm so that you can get as much, as much oxygen as you can. And to ensure that you're breathing properly through the diaphragm, make sure that when you are breathing in, that you want to breathe in through your nose. And when you breathe in through your nose, your belly should get big. And when you breathe out through your nose, your breath, your belly comes in. So we want to make sure that we're, you know, breathing right through your nose and the belly is working, you know, in correlation with that rather than breathing through your mouth. Okay. So both of these have to happen at the same time to really have that proper diaphragm breathing. So um, that deep belly breathing, just a couple minutes, even if you just start with two minutes a day, eventually incorporating more of that would be helpful. Um, but starting someplace is where we need to start and it will greatly, uh, you'll notice a big difference on how you feel relaxed whenever you breathe from your belly. Sometimes even when you're stressed, if you immediately just go to that deep uh, diaphragm breathing, it's going to immediately help to bring down that stress. All right, so 15 minutes of reading or listening on personal development would be my next recommendation. You want to fill your mind with new ways of thinking. Change in your health ultimately comes from changes in your thinking. So there are so many books out there. Just type in personal development on Amazon or um, go on to anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you like to listen versus read and type in personal development as well as mindset, you want to be specifically, you know, listening to ways that you can improve your thinking, improve your personal development and mindset, because that's going to be the ticket. We don't need to be listening to more chronic illness information or try to kill viruses or all these other theories that are behind chronic illness. That stuff honestly isn't going to move the needle. We want to shift what's happening between your ears. So take a couple of minutes, even if it's just 
10 minutes or, you know, like I said, that 15 minute to do some type of reading or listening on personal development. All right, so that's the basic morning routine. And then let's say that that is done within an hour. So the things that I mentioned should not take you longer than an hour. And then during the daytime is where you're using your awareness muscle. There not, might not be any per se homework that you have to do right now, but what you want to be doing is using your awareness muscle to catch those old thinking patterns and shifting them. So you're basically telling your awareness muscle, hey, we're going to be looking for these things that happen today. And when they show up, we're going to shift them the best that we can. No, you're not going to strive for perfection because that's just going to be stressing you out. You're just going to do the best you can of catching those old patterns, those old thinking patterns that you know aren't serving you and shifting them. And then in addition to that, you're going to watch for your triggers. Uh, Your triggers are things that trigger you, that bother you. And when those come up, you want to take some time to journal about them and create new responses for next time. Because those new responses versus reaction is going to help to rewire your brain and having a better response, biological response in the body. So I don't know what your triggers are. I don't know what your programs are. That is a very individual basis type of work. And this is where during the daytime, our clients are getting specific homework that is for their specific triggers, their specific patterns, beliefs. You know, all this stuff that is that deep level work that I really can't expand much further on um, because it's very specific to you and your symptoms. Okay. So, as much as, like I said, I don't have a lot to expand on this of what to be doing, it's, it doesn't take away the importance of it. All right. The last thing that you want to do is before you go to bed, you also want to incorporate some deep diaphragm breathing again, deep breathing through the belly. Um, that's going to help to just calm you down, uh, activate the parasympathetic nervous system. I would suggest at that time you listen to your visualization again. Uh, that's really important to go to bed with in your mind, this image of what you want your future to be. And then lastly, writing down anything that is on your mind from the day that is still bothering you and shift the perception around it. Uh, You don't want to go to bed with conflict on your mind. That's being in a conflict state. So a conflict state, as you probably know, if you've listened to my previous episodes, is conflict state we can't heal. It's where our brain is just ruminating. It's going over and over, thinking about these things that are bothering us. That doesn't tell the nervous system, calm down. It's basically saying you're being chased by a tiger. So you've got to get the stuff that's on your mind cleared out before you go to bed. Journal it out, write it out, whatever you have to do. Uh, We do have a specific process in the program that I teach called CTFAR. I talk about the CTFAR process of how to do this in episode number 11. It is an actual step-by-step process to help you break down the the conflict that you're experiencing and shift the perception around it before you go to bed. Again, if you don't use that, journaling is a great way to get it out and then move on um, rather than ruminating about something before you go to bed. All right, so I'm not saying that you should start this regimen tomorrow. You know, like I said, you have to work yourself up to it. Start with one thing and keep building after that. Your brain will resist you big time if you try and do this all right away. You might even find some resistance to doing some of these things like I mentioned. Uh, But that doesn't mean to not do them. What that simply means is that most likely there is what we call a secondary gain within the subconscious. Basically, the subconscious is protecting you from moving forward because something on the other side of that thing that you're doing is more unsafe than actually staying sick and stuck. 
And I talk about the secondary gains in episode number nine. It's a big area. A lot of times, you know, secondary gains are the reason why you're uh, you're having resistance come when you're trying to do certain things to heal. And that secondary gain is going to be the root of that. And you definitely want to uh, identify those if you can on your own. A lot of times people can't do that on their own again. You can't see your own shit. So this is where having some uh, someone like a coach like myself or any of the coaches that we have that can help our students be able to identify the secondary gains, especially, let's say, for visualization. I get a lot of people that say, I just can't do the visualization or I don't want to do it. Or when I do do it, you know, I've got this voice on my shoulder saying, you can't have that. You know, and that's going to happen. And you you basically are going to come up against resistance with those things because right now the brain is looking at this as being unsafe. Um, so it is about slowly working through that resistance and also finding what is at the root of that. So start with some small steps here. And as you continually go with small steps, you will train your brain that this is safe. But jumping into it and taking a big old bite versus little nibbles is going to set off probably a more bigger resistance response than a smaller one. So you want to start off slow. And now all students in the MBR program gradually work up to this routine daily as well. It's not until they're 30 days into the program that they have the entire routine really you know, down pat. And with the help of the accountability that we have in the program and the support, a person is able to move much quicker up to this daily routine than if they were to just do it alone. That accountability in itself really helps move that process along in a safe way in slow increments. All right, so why a daily routine? Why is it important to do some type of healing work on a daily basis? Well, I recently got braces. It's uncomfortable and at times painful. I wish I only had to wear them for a few months or weeks and then I could get them off, but that isn't the case. It takes time for my teeth to move and then stay in place. Every day the braces are there to redirect my teeth. Now this is no different than your brain. Your brain needs to have repetition to rewire old programs and have them stick. If you only did this work one day a week, there are too many days between that one day for you to go back to old patterns. Those old patterns are going to win in that case, and that one day is really not going to move the needle. Repetition and persistence are the key to changing old patterns in your brain. I want you to think about the current patterns that you have, you unconsciously programmed whether that been, you know, from your environment that you were raised in, the experiences that you experience, you did not know that you were being programmed from the moment you were born up until the age of 10. That was unconsciously being programmed. But now, or let's even go back up to that, once you got sick or started getting symptoms, you also, on an unconscious level, wired it, you wired your brain to be thinking a certain way you know, worrying about them, uh, having fear around them. If you did that every day, just like the things that you did as a child that you experienced on a daily basis or, you know, were exposed to regularly, that is now an automatic program in your brain. Our brains were designed to run on autopilot. So that programming was done unconsciously on a regular basis. And that's why it can run on autopilot. But now in order to change that autopilot, you have to consciously go in and make that shift on a daily basis. Now it's about consciously unwiring everything that's been programmed and rewiring to what you want it to be. 
So this is why daily repetition work is necessary in order for for new patterns to stick. Now let's talk about consistency because this is a big one for people. I can't stay consistent. All right. Now you might be a person that doesn't have any structure in your life and you're more of a kind of winging it kind of a person. I'll tell you from experience though, winging it is only short term and doesn't get you long lasting results. It keeps you kind of in this hyper state, you know, always just scrambling to get things done, you know, last minuteing type of stuff. Um, winging it is actually keeping you in a very stressful state. And from experience, I can tell you that it doesn't work. It just causes you to really be in a more stressed state uh, nervous system wise. So if a daily routine scares you, I get that. It might sound overwhelming to try and implement structure. And here's the reason for that is that your nervous system is basically comfortable in chaos. It knows that chaos is comfortable. It's probably been something you were raised in. Maybe your your parents were, you know, kind of winging it and always kind of all over the place and chaotic. That's all you know. And structure would feel uncomfortable. So when you're trying to incorporate something new like this, the nervous system goes, whoa, this means change. Change is uncomfortable. Can't we just stick to the old stuff that's been automatically programmed? Well, the problem with that is that old program isn't working for us, so we got to do something different about it. But that doesn't mean that you can't shift this old response in your brain. You can slowly create safety within your nervous system. Day by day, you can build trust with yourself. This is what this is all about, building trust within yourself. So much of chronic illness is rooted in not feeling safe. This always goes back to childhood. That lack of safety comes from not being able to trust those around you. So when you create a daily routine for yourself, you promise yourself something and then follow through. That means you are building trust, trust in yourself. No one is responsible for that feeling of safety now, but you. And it also supports the belief that you are important. When you start your day working on you, you are sending a message to your nervous system that you're important. A majority of my students are people that have put everyone else first in their life but them. Whether it's other people, their business, their job, other things before them. Now, creating a daily routine shifts that old pattern. Your actions are representations of what you believe about yourself. So a daily routine is so much more than just a routine. It's self-care. It's knowing you are worthy, building trust with yourself, and strengthening your nervous system. I want to emphasize this again, that this daily routine is not the answer to resolving chronic symptoms. It's a collaboration with the deep work that is required for healing. Mending past hurts and unprocessed life experiences is the ticket to healing, and that is what needs ultimately the most focus. So I'm going to leave you with a recommendation. I want you to pick just one thing from this daily routine that I talked about today that you're going to start tomorrow doing. Maybe it's just writing three things down that you're grateful for. Do that for a week. You know, do it the first thing that you wake up or right before you go to bed. Simple thing to do, doesn't take long to do, but get in the routine of doing that. Once you get in the routine of doing that, you can add another thing. Or just simply getting up and drinking that big glass of water every morning when you wake up. 
If you're not doing that, that is the first place I would highly recommend to start. Just get in the routine of waking up and drinking that big glass of water. Once you have that, go to these other things that I've listed. Now, if you are doing maybe some of the things that I uh, that I just listed, what's the next thing you're going to add? What is the next thing you're going to add? Maybe you're not doing gratitude. Maybe you're not doing visualization. Then, you know, take action to do that. What are you going to promise yourself to do tomorrow to add one more thing? And if it's visualization, don't think you have to create your visualization overnight. You first got to know how to do that. So don't put your expectations to be too high and say, I'm going to have my visualization and do it tomorrow. Well, first you got to listen to the episode of how to do the visualization, create it, and then do it. So again, don't just say, I'm going to have that visualization done by tomorrow. And then you don't do it tomorrow and say, see, I can't trust myself. Well, that the problem with that was that you just took on more uh, than you should have taken on. You want to break it down into bite-sized pieces. And the bite-sized piece at this point when it comes to a visualization, you first got to learn how to do it. Make a promise to yourself of what you're going to do. Write it down, what you're going to do, and then make a promise to yourself that you're going to do it. Remember, you are building trust with yourself by doing this one simple thing, by creating routine, by creating better habits. You are teaching yourself to trust you. And that is where healing starts ultimately because, again, that safety has to start with you now because other people can't provide that for you. And when you were a child, you know, that wasn't something that, they, you, you know, the people in your environment were able to provide for you, but now you need to do that for you. So creating this routine is ultimately going to build that trust between you and yourself, which is super, super powerful. All right. Lastly, if you would like help identifying the blocks that are blocking your healing and would like to create a plan of how to move forward, I encourage you to schedule a free 30-minute health breakthrough call with me. You can schedule that session by going to the mindbodyrewire.com slash book my call. I will also include this in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. I greatly appreciate all the feedback I get from all of you listening. And if you're on Instagram, take a quick screenshot of this episode and tag me in your Instagram story at the Mind Body Rewire. I would love to connect with you there. Thanks again for listening and talk to you next time.